Sri Guru Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai. Sri Krishna Janmashtami Mahalmotsava ki jai. Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanande. Working? Okay. Morning. Right. So we're we have been discussing the uh, Balaram's appearance, the significance of of Ram in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and Ram appeared whatever it is, ten days or so before Krishna. Some reasoning for that was given in our last discussion. <clears throat> in a broad and uh, general sense, kind of a philosophical sense. And so we're going to continue some discussion about Ram, not give him only one day. In the many days that we are assembled here, we're glorifying Ram and Krishna. <clears throat> Krishna's appearance will come at the, on the next weekend. So... In order to proceed then with some discussion of Ram, Ram Leela here, we're going to enter Srimad Bhagavatam, 15th chapter of the 10th canto. And uh, recite a verse, verse, verse 20. Sridam Nama Gopalu. Rama Kesha Bayo Saka Subala Stoka Krishna Dhyā Gopa Premne Dham Abhruvan. Once, some of the cowherd friends of Krishna Balaram, Sridam, a very close friend of Ram and Krishna, along with Subal, Stoka Krishna and others, lovingly, lovingly spoke the following words. So here we find a mention, first mention, and um, we don't find very often such mention of the names either of Krishna's friends or his um, his uh, lovers in the text of Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam, even though the, this is what the text is all about. Some of the other Puranas, like Vishnu Purana and Harivamsa Purana, more details of different uh, players in the Līlā are mentioned. But the Bhāgavatam is sparse in this regard, in one sense because it wants to use all or most of the majority of vast majority of the time to bring out the the bhava of the different associates of the different um, sentiments dasya vatsalya sakya madurya servitorship uh, friendly love parental love and romantic love you won't find this in Harivam's Purana and uh, Padma Purana and so on. Bhagavatam is a 
different in this regard from the other Puranas. Indeed, it is described as the Amala Purana, spotless Purana, dealing only with the transcendental subject matter. And it describes itself as, as Rasa Malayam Mahuraho Rasika Bhuvi Bhavuka, uh, an, an elixir compared to the uh, ripened fruit, more than the ripened fruit, the fruit that's fallen from the tree and so easy to approach and pick up. And we're said to drink the fruit, so it's very juicy. Uh, and the result should be that we pass out from it, intoxicated by that, and then to get up and then muhurho, rasika bhuvi babaka. What do you do then? To drink it again and pass out. This is its uh, the, the blessing verse, the Ashirvad verse of Srimad Bhagavatam. Nidho makalpataro galitam palam sukamukadamatadrabasam bitam pibatabhagavatam rasam malayam muhurho rasika bhuvi bhavukaha. It was a special Purana. <coughs> As I said the, the other day, uh, that uh, Indian history, in terms of these being a type of early Indian histories, the Puranas, the Itihasas, actually mean histories, um, they sought to record significant uh, times, the feeling of the times, if you will. And so the Bhagavatam, that much more, the feeling, the quality of the time in Krishna Leela give us some access to what it is essentially about. Yes, there are different players there and they have names and you can go and memorize them and so forth and people make their lists and and so on. <laughs> but we have to enter into the spirit of the text and to the, so we have to understand the underlying philosophy and theology, apply lessons uh, for sadhana, for spiritual practice, that we can draw from the Leela hmm, and thereby go from a tattvavit, a knower of the the, the theory, hmm, to uh, an experiencer. Hmm. So Bhagavatam is uh, emphasizing these uh, spiritual possibilities in relation to Krishna. Here's a rare instance, anyway, where the names of some of the principal f- friends of Krishna are mentioned. Powerful people they are. Indeed, they're as, as powerful as Krishna and Ram themselves, practically. Hmm. Sridam, hmm. Subal, Stoka Krishna. Hmm. This verse comes in this chapter after a description of the Vrindavan forest, Krishna's glorifying Balaram, a description of the typical day in the cowherd's life with Krishna and Balaram in the forest, and it marks a turning point in the chapter where earlier in the chapter we may recall from other readings and I think I spoke on this maybe last year or year before the first part of this this chapter and on other occasions um, 
and as I just mentioned, Balaram is glorified by Krishna. And so he's glorified there and theoretically distinguished from other jivas, from other devotees, identified as, as the Godhead and so forth. This part of the chapter marks the beginning then of a narrative of the killing of an asura, the demon, on the part of Balaram that practically then shows his godhood. In other words, in theory and in praise and so forth, he was distinguished from others. And now uh, the, the chapter will turn in the direction of practically showing that. So it's very much a chapter about Balaram, and appropriately so, it's very much a chapter about Sakyarasa, which Balaram uh, personifies as the best friend of Krishna. They were practically inseparable. There's only one thing that could separate them, hmm? and that's Krishna's romantic life. <laughs> that comes up in this chapter as well, in more than one, one place. So it's a, it's a whole, um, it's beautifully done, because it's an overview of the whole of the Pogandalila, going from, Poganda means the middle age of Krishna, and uh, then peeking into the Kishore age, his, his uh, adolescent life. All in one chapter, it's beautifully done. Hmm. Uh, it, uh, it comes just after the Brahmavimohan Lila. The Brahmavimohan Lila, you may recall that Krishna was herding calves. Hmm. This is the Lila that Prabhupada left the world in the middle of. He was translating this uh, Brahmavimohan Lila, maybe 13th chapter. Here's the 15th chapter. Brahmavimohan Lila covers, what, 12, 13, 14 um, chapters of uh, the 10th canto. And far into the 13th chapter, he he left the world in Vrindavan, absorbed in the calf-herding pastimes of Krishna. That is in his late Kumar age, late Kumar and early Boganda. Hmm? He's a calf herder and turning into a cow herder. Hmm? To herd the calves is one thing. To herd the cows is another thing. They they they, they know what they want and the, and they're big and and so forth. So this is a huge event. In the, in the Brajalila, for Krishna to become from a, even to become a calf herder, it meant that he had to get some license from his parents to move out and about, hmm, away from the immediate vicinity of the home and so forth. Parents are always concerned about that when the children first start to go out and uh, and, and want that kind of freedom and so forth. So as calf herder, you can see the extent to which Krishna took it, took advantage of that opportunity dashing into the forest. In the Brahmavimohan Lila, he dashed into the forest. It was a special day. Hmm. Krishna had something special in mind. So although Balaram usually rises up and blows his buffalo horn in the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj to wake up all the cowherds, hmm, in Vrindavan on this day, Krishna was up early and he blew the buffalo horn. And Balaram thought, something special is going on today. Hmm. Unfortunately, he himself was trapped at home by the 
by a visiting relative and all of the social protocol that follows that and frustrates and bores to death young men, young boys. Hmm. It was the um, the semi-birthday of Balaram. That means to say that that the that it wasn't his annual birthday, but when the the, the constellation under which he was born uh, becomes prominent during the month. It's like a semi-birthday, so they would celebrate that. So a relative would come. He was trapped there. He sent a message with uh, with uh, one of the cowherds to explain his plight and encourage Krishna, go for it. After all, he was the older brother and he was put in charge by Mother Yashoda to, be, to take care of him and and, and all. She was very concerned about his well-being, going into the forest, going go, going out in the pasture with the calves even, and so forth. So, with some great uh, enthusiasm, uh, he left and uh, arranged for a picnic lunch that day, and and so on. And there was great mischief that took place, as as we know, from the Mohan Leela. The, the, the principal, um, of course, Mischief is, is where the title of the chapter comes from, Brahma Vimohan. Agasura was killed. Brahma witnessed it, was amazed by it, perplexed by it, and uh, wanted to test Krishna. And so he attempted to steal Krishna's calves and coward boys and put them in a cave when Krishna was looking the other way by some power, yogic power. And it's a long story, of course, Brahma showed some power, and Krishna showed some power to Brahma. <laughs> and Brahma, of course, became not Mohana, which means bewildered, but Vimohana, very bewildered, uh, overwhelmed by the p- power of Krishna. But for one year, one entire year, um, uh, the cowherd boys uh, were apparently hidden in a cave, and Krishna manifested himself then in the form of all the cow, coward boys and all of the calves and carried on his leela as if nothing had happened. He knew their hearts so well that he could manifest himself as a replica of them such that his parents, their parents could not tell the difference. Only difference was they had more affection for their sons <laughs> than they had uh, previously and they already had unlimited affection for their sons, that there, there's a love for the devotee also in spiritual life, not just for Krishna, but also for Krishna's devotees. And sometimes the love of Krishna's devotees for one another exceeds their love for Krishna. It happens, especially in relation to Radha, when we look at Radha as a devotee of Krishna, which she is in one sense, she personifies the fullest measure of devotion Mahabhav, Swarupini, she's called the very form of the greatest ecstasy. Hmm. So, this is called Surit Rati. Rati means love, so love of the friend. Hmm. So, it's possible that uh, devotees will love the friend a little less than Krishna, or equally to Krishna, or in some cases, when the friend is Radha, it is possible to reach such a zenith more than Krishna. It may also be possible in relation to Subal, who is Radha when she wants to be, wants to experience Sakirasa in eternity. It's mentioned in Radha Sahasranam, the thousand names of Radha. Hmm? She becomes Subal 
doesn't mean it happens at a certain point in time, but Subalmi is Radha, hmm? tasting Sakyarasa. Hmm? Therefore, the Sakyarasa of Subal is mixed with Madhurya, with romantic love, and he participates then in the romantic affairs of Radha and Krishna, assisting and so forth. Not in a romantic relationship with Krishna, but assisting in the romantic dealings between Radha and Krishna. And Subal looks uh, as a look-alike of Radha. Hmm? That's why he can do things like, for example, the famous um, there's a, uh, the famous pastime of Subal dressing like Radha, Krishna in the forest with his friends called Subal aside. Hmm? And I can't, I can't live without her another moment. You've got to bring her here. He said, it's broad daylight. Are you kidding? How can I do that? So he find a way somehow or other. So off he went, of course, to, the, to uh, Radha's place where her mother-in-law was guarding over her. And, um, and uh, she said, what are you doing here, Subal? Friend of that black snake, Krishna. Don't come around here. He said, oh, I'm chasing a calf that got lost from the herd. Get out of my way, and so forth. He stole into the house of, into the room of Radha, to her surprise, and said, Krishna needs to see you immediately. She says, how is it possible? He said, look, here, you, you, we look alike. You give me your clothes, I'll give you mine. Hmm? And I'll stay here, pretend that you're still here. You dress up like me, and, and, um, and, uh, you uh, carry this calf like this so that your your breasts won't show, which would be the difference. <laughs> so off she went hmm, to bring the calf back to Krishna. And when she returned, um, dressed as Subal, Krishna said, Subal, where is Radha? So Radha could understand that she wasn't recognized dressed as Subal. So she imitated Subal's voice and said, I couldn't get her. He says, what do you mean you couldn't get her? Well, she was really occupied. It was difficult. But Chandravali, who's uh, kind of the chief competitor of Radha for Krishna's love, is nearby. I could bring her. Hmm? And Krishna said something like, oh, what, uh, what, what will that do? Hmm? I'm looking for a diamond and you bring me a piece of broken glass. So this is the measure of his love for Radha. Huh? And then so Radha was very charmed by that. She brought that out of him. Oh, that's me. <laughs> so Subal has this uh, uh, these types of pastimes with Krishna. All these things are mentioned in this chapter. All of them come either directly or indirectly, in a secret way, in a hidden way in the language, or overtly in the language. All the whole range of Sakyarasa. Hmm? So from Brahmavimohan Leela, hmm, we come to this Leela, as I mentioned. The cowherd boys and calves were stolen by Brahma for one year. So for one year, the cowherd's leela with Krishna was uh, suspended, and so a whole year of the Kumar leela was was used up. So when they came back, they were very um, energetic for pastimes and so forth, and so they catapulted beyond the Kumar Leela into their Pogunda Leela early, as it's mentioned, I think I mentioned the other day, Krishna's 
mature for his age. So normally the Kumar Leela will end at, at, at five. It ended at about three. It's pretty young, <laughs> herding calves at three. And, and now he's going to herd calves a little bit, just a little bit older. So the, and, and then the, the Pogonda Leela got condensed into a short period of time. Hmm? And of course, part of the reason is because in the middle, in the Madhya Pogonda, he starts, his Kishore's uh, form and qualities starts to manifest. All these things come out in the in the chapter. <clears throat> so this chapter comes after the Brahma Vimohan Leela. Krishna has turned from a calf herder now into a cow herder. <clears throat> Sukadeva Goswami's narrative of the Bhagavatam is not such that every chapter in Krishna Leela is given in order. He spoke out of ecstasy what came to his mind. The Goswamis have gone back in their commentaries and shown the, the proper order of all the chapters. Mostly they're in order, but there are some differences. Here, for example, the Kaliya Leela, of chastising Kaliya, comes after, in the Bhagavatam itself, the killing of Dena Kasura, but, but actually it happened beforehand. So this is another Kumar Leela. Hmm? So anyway, from the Kumar Leela to the Pogonda Leela, Pogonda Leela means he becomes, as I say, a cow herder. So this chapter is a celebration of Gopastami also. Gopastami is the Ostami, is the eighth day of the lunar, the bright lunar, what do they call it, Four, fortnight, fortnight in uh, Kartik Mas, isn't it? So, month of Kartik. And he became a cowherder. Hmm? Um, this was the auspicious time, according to the astrologers. Krishna was acting a little strange from his parents' point of view. He was changing now from Kumar to Poganda. And so, well, typically Mother Yasoda would bathe him and then anoint him and dress him and so forth. He now, when that time came, turned away from her and and went to his assistants in Dasirasa. And she said, this is peculiar. Hmm? And uh, and Krishna started to hang out with his uncles, hmm? uh, Sunanda, Upananda, Nandana, and so forth, more than with his father. And when his father would come, then he'd be quiet. Hmm? And so... <laughs> Father was curious, mother was curious. They knew what was going on, but they didn't really, they were in denial of it. The parents were in denial that their son was becoming of age. And so now he had to go and follow his dharma and become a cowherder, which would have meant that he would be herding cows from dusk, from dawn to dusk, practically. They were accustomed to having him at home all the time. Now he would be gone the better part of the day. And, of course, then the idea of the sun being in the forest and what could happen there and all the possible dangers and so on and so forth. Hmm? All this came to their mind. So they were in some kind of denial. But Nanda Maharaj was brought to his senses by his elder brother Upananda and other brothers. When he asked, what's up? How come when I come around, he becomes quiet? He seems to be really getting along with you like uh, like he he uh, never was before. Hmm? They will encourage him. The uncles will encourage him. They, they have a little bit of distance. They're parental also in their love, but a little distance to be, have a little objectivity. And this 
changing of ages, then from Kumar to Bhagavan, will give them a little more access to Krishna. So they're encouraging that. Hmm? And so he's confiding in them about things that he can't get the courage to tell his father because he thinks he'll get a flat out no. <laughs> no, you can't go. <laughs> you stay here. You're just, a, you're just a child. How can you be herding cows and so forth? But the, uh, the elders, they're going, well, sounds good, yes. Uh, what to speak of the elders? The cows themselves were becoming agitated by, at this point. Hmm? They refused to leave the pens unless Krishna was in front of them. Already he was doing it on the sly. And so Nanda, in consultation with his brothers, realized the fact, broke the news to Mother Jasoda, and then they consulted with an astrologer, and an auspicious day was chosen for the ceremony in which Krishna and Balaram would become officially cowherders. So there were bugles played, and kettle drums drummed, and the whole of the brudge was... Uh, gathered for the festival, Brahmins were worshipped, cows were worshipped hmm? by Krishna and Balaram. They were given sticks and flutes and horns and all necessary equipment hmm? for herding. And um, uh, off they went. So this is what this chapter is 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 about. It, be, it begins. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful description of um, of this um, the typical day, as I say, a day in the life of cowherding of Krishna and uh, and Balaram. It um, we find here in this chapter all of the practically all of the udipanas for sakiras, all of the udipana vibhavs, the the bhavas that that kind of give rise. To the possibility of rasa, just like, let's say, for example, you come home and and your daughter has been away and she's home and you didn't know it and you come to the door and you see her shoes. That's my daughter's shoes, and then it's, then you love your daughter all the time, but all of a sudden love increases to a high pitch within you, and so this is how an udipana works. The devotee they love Krishna all the time, but then certain things, his different ages. His flute, his horn, hmm? in in Sakyarat, his heroism, his joking, um, his um, so many things. All these things are many of them are mentioned here. The Udipana Vibhavas that give one of the ingredients, emotional ingredients for the aesthetic experience of rapture, Rasananda, when they are all together. When the, when the dominant emotion of in this instance, Sakirasa is present, then the Udipanas are present, and the Sancharis, and Anubhavs, Sattvikabhavs, and so forth. So, so, so many things mentioned here. Hmm? The different ages of Krishna, and the different typical activities of those ages. Within the, within the Poganda, there's the Kumar Poganda, there's the Adi Poganda, the Madhya Poganda, the Anti Poganda. Hmm? the beginning, the middle, and the end of Pagana. They're all characterized by different activities, different um, uh, appearances of Krishna, the way he wears his turban, the way he ties his belt, and so on and so forth. Um, so, so many of these are mentioned here. Activities like in, the, in Adi Kumar, then um, hand-to-hand combat, 
is uh, is one of one of the activities herding the calves and so forth in a in a madhya Poganda then climbing on Govardhan hill playing deep in the bandita forest in antipoganda then joking with his narma friends narma means like joking joking friends priyanarmas they means the ones who are involved in his romantic life joking speaking intimately with them uh, and speaking about the gopis in front of them, saying, I really like that one, she's really cute, and these kind of things. Uh, this, these are all, uh, all these things come out in in this chapter. So it's a very prominent um, uh, uh, exposition on on uh, Sakirasa in kind of real life in the context of the Leela. And so appropriately, Balaram is the principal character in this uh, in this Leela. Krishna is glorifying him in the beginning. The chapter begins with the entering into the forest uh, in a typical day of herding cows, as I say, and we hear how the forest is now getting the opportunity for Krishna's and Balaram's association. Previously, in the context of the Leela, he hadn't gone deep into the forest. So the bees, the trees, and so forth, they're all mentioned in their activities and and how they 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 exemplify the way in which one should greet a saintly person. The trees are bowing, the, the bees are keeping the company of Balaram, the sweetness of Balaram like a flower and uh, humming in a pleasant way and and so on and so forth. So the forest becomes alive with Krishna and Balaram's entrance there. Hmm? While the, those in Vatsali Rasa and Parental are, are feeling the separation, now those in the forest are all getting the union of Krishna. So the Leela moves like this between union and separation, like the two banks of a river, or like the, like the high tide and the low tide of the ocean. Hmm? While one devotee is feeling separation, another is feeling union, and so on and so forth. So now the forest is getting to some bog, a union with Krishna and Balaram. It's a beautiful description of the forest. Hmm? And and Krishna takes the opportunity to glorify Balaram. Hmm? As I said in the beginning, and he speaks about him and distinguishes him from the other cowherds. You see, Balaram is the first immediate expansion of Krishna. We call it Vaibhav Prakash. From him all the avatars come. Hmm? But his ego, if you will, his identity, as we heard this morning, like Nityananda Prabhu, every atom of his transcendental form is completely dedicated to the service of Krishna. As Nityananda Prabhu, every atom is dedicated to the service of Goranga. So he doesn't uh, uh, typically take the role of the object of love, but more typically, although he, he is Bhagwan, he takes the role of, of the embodiment of, of Sakiras and engaging in, in the service, uh, friendly, uh, you say, service of Krishna. So, some people, the idea is, may have some difficulty then distinguishing him. Hmm? I think it's possible, and in some Vaishnava Sampradayas, they may think that, that who don't center, for example, on the Bhagavatam, that uh, Balaram is a jiva, 
Hmm? Actually, he's described, if we look carefully at the Bhagavatam, uh, as the, the source of the jivas. Hmm? The, 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 and, and he divides into four, Sankarshan, Pradyumna, Niruddha, and uh, Vasudev. Hmm? As the ego, as the mind, as the, as the heart, um, and so on. So it's a very esoteric concept of the Chaturvyuha, but uh, suffice to say for, for, for today's discussion that Balaram is the, the source of the ego. He's the source of the serving ego in everyone, and everyone is ultimately in, in, in a unit of serving capacity. The Dharma as Prabhupada used to like to say of a thing, is its characteristic, like wetness of water, is its dharma. So the dharma of the self, the jiva, is service, whether knowingly or unknowingly. In the, in the context of trying to enjoy and, and move contra to our actual uh, position, we really only serve the material energy and suffer as a result of it. So to repose our, our self, our serving capacity that we're constituted of in the personality of Godhead, and this is the perfection of our our lives. So at any rate, Balaram, the source of all jivas, we find he is the source of the, all of the entourage of Krishna, practically, the whole abode. He manifests as Mahasankarshan and then manifests jivas for Vaikuntha. From there he manifests as Mahavishnu, and manifest jivas in the, for the material world. Hmm? And from, from that manifestation, some of those jivas, they have the chance to become sadhakas, make the choice to take the bhakti, and make their way to Vaikuntha or Goloka. Hmm? So he is, has much to do with jivas, but he's not a jiva. So this chapter brings that out, distinguishes him very clearly from... Um, from the jivas by Krishna's words, as I say, of glorification of him here. Hmm? And also practically, from this point, from the verse I've cited here, to the end of the chapter, where he's, he, it's demonstrated his prowess is extraordinary in the killing of Denikasura. So he does something godly, if you will. So theoretically he's the godhead, and practically he demonstrates that. Hmm? So that glorification or that, 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 that description of the forest hmm, and, uh, and glorification of Balaram, it ends maybe in the ninth, ninth verse of this chapter, theoretical glorification of, of, uh, of Balaram as the personality of Godhead. Krishna glorifies him as if he is himself. He calls him the Adi Purusha. Adi Purusha means the original Purusha. Of course, Krishna is the Adi Purusha. But then again, Balaram was born before Krishna, so he, he can also say it. He's really speaking in one sense about his own position, but um, he's a little shy in, 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 to glorify himself. This, that's not a very becoming thing to do. So he begins to glorify Balaram, and he attributes many of the qualities of his own to, to Balaram, which indeed Balaram does possess. Hmm? So that ends, I say, at about the ninth um, verse in this chapter, where he says, and and so in this way, mm, 
he glorified Balaram amongst his friends. Vishwanath Chakravarti makes a comment there. Here, he takes us for the whole, as I say, the whole range of the Sakyaras is given. So we find um, what will follow is a description of some cowherds massaging Krishna's feet, Krishna set, lying on the pillow of a thigh of one of his coward friends for resting. Hmm? We find uh, him massaging the feet of Balaram. In other words, we find him relating to Balaram in terms of Balaram's um, the, the, the vatsalya that is a component of his sakyarasa. The, he's the Maryada Purusha, as I said the other day. He's one of the gurus of Krishna. So he has kind of a, in this sense, a well-wishing friendship. So here he takes the role of the guru of Krishna. Krishna's glorifying him. He massages Krishna's feet and so forth. Other dasyas, friends whose sakya is mixed with dasya, are described in here. Also doing menial services for Krishna and intimacy and so forth in the forest. And also the idea of the Narmasakas, although that will come more at the end, it's also here in the ninth ninth verse um, that I'm mentioning. Mishvanachakrita um, was brought out from his commentary, the idea. He rests with the glorification of Balaram. Hmm? Speaks about him in such a way as to get all the cowherds around him clapping their hands, Jai Ram, Jai Ram, Jai Ram, like that. And there's a point in the typical day of Krishna, just about midday after taking lunch in the forest, that Krishna finds an excuse hmm, to slip away from the crowd with a few boys. So he glorifies Balaram when he completes the glorification of Balaram and everyone's attention is on Balaram. He says, so anyway, I'll stay with Balaram. I'm going to go with Subal and just take a little rest for a few minutes and I'll be right back. Hmm? And so excuses like this come every day. Every day is a different excuse. Uh, and, uh, and every day he convinces everybody he'll be right back. And he goes off, of course, and he meets with Radha and the gopis who have had, had made their own excuses for leaving home to go out. They went to worship uh, the sun god at uh, the area of Radha Kund for for well-being in their families and so forth. And there at, at the Radhakund and Shamkund, these two lakes in the Braj, they meet. Hmm. And so the Pre-Narmasaka, those intimate friends who are associated with Krishna's romantic leelas, go along with him. Mother Mongol and Subal, uh, Arjun, a different Arjun, then Pandava Arjun, and so on. Ujwala. And then they return back. And so then... So the whole range is given here. They return back, and we come here to this uh, section. They, Krishna slips away. There's no detailed description of that, but in the language it's shown that he's made an excuse. He's got something else in his mind. He slips away. If we go to the books like Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, Krishna Bhavanamrita, or Krishna's Kaviraj's beautiful Krishna Lilamrita, all these things are described poetically, the Leela, in great detail. Hmm? How the rendezvous consists of, how he escapes, what his different excuses might be, and so on and so forth. Here in Bhagavatam, the hint of that is given. We can just see from that how these Goswamis were living in the Bhagavatam. These Leelas, these, these poetic verses, they came al- became alive to them. 
Hmm? And all of the farthest reaching and the deepest implications of every word hmm, exported them or imported them. <laughs> it imported them into the Leela entirely. Hmm? They came out with valuable jewels of details in their commentaries and subsequent books and so forth, all based on the Bhagavatam. Here it's given in a kind of a code way, even though it's elaborately, it seems to us, played out. If we read their their subsequent literatures, uh, texts, all based on the Bhagavatam, we find. Um, how how loudly, how profound, how deeply, how beautifully, and how charmingly Bhagavatam spoke to them. They had a sympathetic heart for this. Hmm? Their heart was in it was in a, in a position just like the idea is the idea of the sympathetic heart is if you go to, the, to a drama and you know usually you're going to pick a drama that you think it sounds good. I saw the trailer and something I'm interested in. You're not going to go to one that, that didn't sound good. I don't like that. So you have some sympathetic heart for it. It means you're going to be able to draw more out of it. You're going to get more into the emotional play and leave your seat, so to speak, and enter into the to the movie and feel the feelings of the people in the, in the movie. So this is what what's happening for the Rasika who reads the Bhagavatam. He has developed a sympathetic heart by having cleansed the heart to begin with by Nam Kirtan, for example, the chanting. The first thing is that the heart is like, compared like a mirror, it's 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 facing out, reflecting objects of the world. So we have worldliness in our heart. So that's like a dust. It's covering. We cleanse the heart through the chanting, hmm? and turn the mirror of our heart, our consciousness, onto Krishna. Then it will reflect that picture back. Hmm? So, having cleansed their heart and more cleansed it, softened it, melted it. Hmm? This is what sadhana bhakti is about. They could hear the Bhagavatam and be transported into the Leela and feel the whole thing come out and they would bring out what are the feelings. Therefore, they would talk about, like Jiva Goswami, we read in Gopal Champu in the morning, he, 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 he speaks about the Leela with so many different details and in different ways. What he's really, and in the Bhagavatam, it's similar, you can see, it's, it's, he's following the the kind of outline of the Bhagavatam. Hmm? The table of contents, if you will, that is the Bhagavatam. And he's writing his own pages. And what he's really doing is somewhat taking poetic license, but for the purpose of bringing out the feelings. What is Vatsalya Rasa? And you get the feeling, how Nandamara is feeling, how you sort of, what is Sakya Rasa? Hmm? It's very powerful. Hmm? So they had this kind of sympathetic heart and capacity to enter into the, into the, uh, um, the, 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 the living Bhagavatam. They became the person, person Bhagavatams. They became the book uh, personified. Bhaktisiddhanta Sastitakura had a term, the Brihat Murdanga, he called the printing press, he called it a big drum, because you could take kirtan, the philosophical underpinning of the kirtan and put it in a, in a pay, in a book and spread it out far and wide, farther than you could hear, you know, just the kirtan down the street. He had another name for his sannyasis, who initiated about 18 sannyasis, something like that. He called them jibantamardanga. means they were living drums, something like that. <laughs> so like uh, the idea of the person Bhagavatam, that's also given 
in by Krishna's Kaviraj. He says, Bande si Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sohodito Gododai Pushpabanto Chitrosam Dhotamonudo Gornathai have come like the sun and the moon together arising at the same time. It's wonderful. And they're bestowing great light to dissipate the darkness. They're giving the blessing of praying. This is the light. And this and dispelling the darkness of desire for dharma, artha, kama, for wealth, for religiosity, uh, for virtue even, uh, for its own sake only. Uh, uh, dharma, artha, kama, moksha. Hmm? And he said, in his commentary on his first, Krishna says, and how they do that, how they dissipate the darkness and bring in the prem is by bringing the jiva soul in touch with two bhagavatams. The book Bhagavatam, Hmm? and the person Bhagavatam. Hmm? So, this we find. The Goswamis were like this. Hmm? So much wealth they could mine from, so many jewels they could mine from the, from the, from Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? That you, you can read it, and that's why we say you should read Bhagavatam, but we should read in good association, we should hear. Sometimes we emphasize hearing over reading, in a, just in the sense that you could read by yourself, but hearing. It didn't used to be like that. It didn't used to be that means to say that, that, that there was a printing press and the books were available everywhere. The Bhagavatam would be copied by hand. There's not a lot of people doing that. And then take it to their village. Hmm? One Brahmin, one Sadhu, one person Bhagavatam. Hmm? And then he would he would read from it. There's there's this stricture like not everyone can read the book and so forth. We think it's a discriminatory kind of a, because we want, you know, freedom for everybody and so forth. But not everybody's qualified to enter into the book. And that comes out in this, this chapter in a prominent way because this, this chapter, as I say, it's about Sakyarasa. Hmm? And in the context of Sakyarasa, we find Hasyarasa also, joking. We find virarasa. There's joking in this chapter. These are secondary rasas. And virarasa means heroic rasa. And heroic rasa here is coming out in the mock play with fighting with one another, but also in the killing of Denuka. And Denuka represents something. Hmm? Something that we want to get beyond. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur has therefore described the discussion of these particular leelas where Krishna or Balaram are killing demons for example, as indirect meditations on the Braj Lila that by, by engaging in, hmm, the result will be the removal of unwanted things from the heart or highlighting of things that should be removed coming to our attention. In other words, the killing of Denuka is a Lila that is occasional. That means when the Lila is manifest in the world, some Lila's um, appear that don't appear in the unmanifest Leela. In other words, in Golok, there's no killing of demons there. But when the Leela comes here, then um, it's more human-like. I've, I've likened it to like a movie on location. So it's more human-like. There in Golok, there are rumors of demons. And so feelings come, hmm? emotions come, that draw them closer to Krishna and so forth, but there are no real, real problems here. Well, there, the real demons come. Denuka is is one of them. Denuka was the demon. From this point on, this is going to be described. 
he was a, a demon who was uh, previously a, a, a son of, of Bali, hmm? Bali Maharaj. And in that, Prahlad comes in that lineage, isn't it? And, um, and so there was a benediction given by Krishna that nobody in that family would ever be harmed by, by Krishna. That's why Balaram kills Danu Kasur because Danu Kasur <laughs> was in that lineage, but he abused his his uh, uh, time in the forest, partying with with um, with the opposite sex. And Vishvamrita the sage was in his med- meditating on Krishna in trance, and his his um, the partying of uh, what was his name Sahakshi, I think was his name Sahakshi. His party and woke up uh, Vishramrita and he became enraged. Vishramrita was a little prone to like cursing and so forth. It's throughout the literature we find uh, find this. So he he cursed him, but he cursed him in such a way that uh, this this fellow that it turned out well for him in the long run. He said, "In the future, you are going to take birth in Vrindavan forest as a, as an ass because you're acting like an ass right now." Hmm? This is not how you should conduct yourself in human life. Hmm? Partying with uh, with uh, ladies and, and getting drunk in the, in the forest and so forth. You're, you're making an ass out of yourself, he said, basically. I'm here meditating and there's other sages around here. You've come here and made an ass out of yourself, so I curse you to turn into an ass. Hmm? And you'll have to take birth in Vrindavan. And then at that time, then Krishna will, well, Balaram will, Will uh, will deal with you effectively, something like that. So of course, Balaram will kill him. He'll get liberated, and and so on. But uh, this is the leela that when Balaram kills this ass like demon, and he represents something, hmm? something that uh, that, uh, that we are we are we are very much cautioned against. And this is idea given by Bhakti, even though it's some different ideas in different parts of his writing, but he's looked at all of these leelas and the killing of demons in terms of uh, the demons representing an art as unwanted things, hmm? false values or ideas that we attach ourselves to um, that need to be overcome. So, Denuka, an ass, besides being ass-like for what he did in the past, so to speak, an ass also is, is the typical beast of burden. In other words, you know, they, they stack him up with all kinds of stuff, wave a carrot in front and he's moving, of course. He could get the grass on the side of the road for free, but he doesn't know that. So he get, they stack up the sandbags and whatever and all the campers' things on them and off they go, right? So the beast of burden. So one sense then this Denuka represents a great burden that uh, comes to weigh down the sadhaka hmm? that needs to be overcome, hmm? that gets in the way of his or her uh, uh, bhakti. And it's relative to the point I was making that not everyone should read the Bhagavatam. That's a revolutionary statement. Hmm? But it said not everyone should read the Vedas. I think there's a story in the Ramayana where some unqualified person reads the Bhagavatam and Ram has uh, remedied the situation. It's a problem. In other words, unqualified people read and they don't understand. They don't have a sympathetic heart. What to speak of a sympathetic heart? Saridam 
Sarudayam. This is very means midas, soft heart, because this is a soft topic. This is a topic is about love, the highest love, the highest giving, yeah, personified by the inhabitants of Vrindavan. Absolute selflessness, self-forgetfulness. They lost to any concept of the self, completely giving. Hmm? They're going to ask here that we are hungry, we want to taste the fruits, the towel fruits. So you should go there because they're being protected or, or kept away kept away from everyone by this ass demon, Dhenuka. But um, here it's mentioned right in the verse, Gopa Premnedam Abruvam. They spoke, these boys, Sudam, Sridam, and so forth, Subal, Stoka Krishna, they spoke out of Prem. Hmm? And in the next verse, they say, we want to taste the fruits. Ram, Ram, Mahabaho. Hmm? Oh, Ram, mighty armed one. Oh, Krishna, destroyer, destroyer of miscreants, not far from here. Great forest filled with rows of palm trees and the towel fruits. We want to go there and taste them. They don't really want to taste them. You think, well, what? They want to taste, so they are enjoying for themselves. We find in the end, after the forest was liberated and so forth, they didn't even eat one of the fruits. Hmm? What they wanted to do is, they, so they, therefore the word prem nedam is, prem is they, they spoke out of prem. Out of prem, they're facilitating the pastimes of Krishna and Ram. And here the glory of Ram to be brought out and showcased for all of us. Hmm? That we may know who's worthy of taking shelter of. Prem is very special, so it's a very soft subject and it's very hard to understand. Therefore, it said, It's difficult to understand the activities of a Vaishnava. What is his or her motive? It's filled with prem. They may act like an ordinary person, hmm? like absorbed in karma or something like that, karma marg. Hmm? But their motivation is entirely different. In other words, they're not like just sitting in meditation like the yogi and it looks, by the way, he's pretty spiritual. He's fasting or standing on one leg or holding one arm out. Wait till we see that Kumbh Mela movie. It's more bizarre things than that. The ideas they have about spirituality that aren't the whole picture, <laughs> let's put it like that. So this is the whole picture. It's hard to, hard to, hard to understand. Love is, is a little difficult to... Uh, you have to have a sympathetic heart to enter into it. Hmm? You have to have a soft heart. You have to become a giver. Hmm? When the avatars are described in the third chapter of the first canto by Sutta Goswami, he concludes after describing various avatars and avatar tattva and Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, that Krishna is the source of all the avatars, he says, and so if you want to understand this, you have to become like them. You have to do the impossible. Hmm? You have to bhattu vega manasakura. You have to transcend all these urges and so forth. That's impossible. Yeah? And that's what you have to do. You have to become like them to understand. You have to become, you have to become worshipable to understand why they're worshipable in every respect. What is the truth about the descent of Bhagwan? Hmm? If you want to enter the fire, you have to become like a spark. <laughs> hmm? Otherwise, you'll just get burned up and consumed there. Spark can live within the fire, so you have to become godly. You cannot become God, but you can become godly to understand God. So it's not an intellectual exercise is the point. We speak reasonably as far as possible to try to affect the heart and some change. 
we will take the teaching to heart, practice it, and we'll actually change. And metaphorically, then, the change is a change of heart, from hard-heartedness, stone-heartedness, to soft-heartedness, melting. Hmm? And so, without that sympathetic heart, who can read Bhagavatam? Who can, what will you get out of it? And people do read it, and they don't get a lot out of it sometimes. They get the wrong ideas out of it. They read the Bhagavatam and they think, just what I thought, women should stand in the back. Hmm? And this becomes the focal point then of their idea of what Srimad Bhagavatam is, some type of sexist, some type of racist idea even. I've seen it, all in the name of the Bhagavatam. It's not that the Bhagavatam teaches women should stand in the back, but it's speaking about a culture of times gone by and so on and so forth. It's speaking here about Vrindavan. The gopis will have their place. The cowards will have their place. There's a veneer of Varnashram, veneer of the caste system, which just kind of, for the purpose of, of the flow of bhava, to put, put the bhava in certain vessels, hmm? give it some order, so the whole thing is moving only on bhava, only on ecstasy only on love. So here, in this world, we can't just go and take details from the Leela, memorize them and think we've gone there, or to incorporate them. So we hear, oh, uh, uh, the gopis conducted themselves like this. We say, all the women have to conduct themselves like the gopi. Well, if they really conduct themselves like the gopi, the men should conduct themselves like the gopi. <laughs> that is the teaching. They should love Krishna to that, with that measure, uh, and so forth. So we want to incorporate details into our practice, into our uh, life as sadhakas, into our mission and so forth, that will facilitate the bhava. Hmm? We will adjust the details to deliver the principle. And the ass-like burden, beast of burden mentality that comes to weigh the sadhaka down is, is this misunderstanding of details for principles. Like I've said before, it's the worst thing about a fundamentalist orientation to religion isn't is not that they see things only as black and white. The worst thing is that they think white is black and black is white. It gets that bad. Hmm? In other words, they identify a detail with the principle, and then enforcing the law, what do we find? The heart becomes hard. There's no compassion. Hmm? There's no love. And they go to war. Hmm? Because the book says, we should be doing it like that. Hmm? We should dress like this. And they're dressed like that. <laughs> they don't understand. Hmm? So we go to war with them. So on some level, hmm, this is uh, a common occurrence. And this, of course, was giving religion a bad name in the world today. And it's the greatest burden to really sharing the love, uh, wealth of Srimad Bhagavatam with others. I mean, the greatest burden is persons who, in the name of Bhagavatam, don't understand it. They don't understand it, and they become hard-hearted. And the example of that is they're not able to recognize who does understand it, who can distinguish between principles and details, adjust the details in such a way as to deliver the principle. They can't understand. They become in opposition to it and so forth. Hmm? 
This is the thing that Denuka represents for us. It has to be overcome. This, we want to be a saragrahi Vaishnava, not a barabahi. Barabahi means who carries a heavy load. This again, the ass carries the, the burden. Hmm? The burden of externals, the burden of details hmm? that are misidentified as principles that don't allow the devotee to experience the principle hmm? and the freedom that that's meant to give. And even quoting the words of the guru that are meant to free us without understanding the spirit of them, hmm? they end up cementing us into a, into a, into a, a, a casket hmm? and, and make our spiritual life dead. It's very shocking in, in a sense. Hmm? But it happens. Hmm? So the Goswamis, they weren't like that. They were essence seekers. Hmm? And Guru Parampara should be filled with essence seekers. Saragrahi. Sara means essence. So to, to, to embrace, to carry the essence of the teaching, not just to carry the externals of the teaching and misunderstand the details, as they say, for principles. Hmm? So they were able to enter in. The, the, in the, as I say, in the olden days, it's not that everybody had a Bhagavatam to read, but hmm, it would be copied by hand. Certain people who were qualified would keep it, and they would read it. And people thought, maybe there's more in that book. Hmm. Maybe he's just reading it in such a way as to lord over us and exploit us. Let's get the book. That could happen too. It's possible. But the other side of it is, make the book available for everybody. Then many people may read and many people may misunderstand. And that's a big problem for someone who does understand. Hmm? Because to teach people is one thing. To unteach people what they've taught, learned, learned wrong themselves, that is very difficult. Hmm? Very difficult. Hmm? So this is cautioned against here. Hmm? If we meditate, as Bhaktivinoda Thakur has encouraged us on this lila, as an indirect meditation, in other words, on the thing that needs to be removed, hmm? in order for us to enter the Leela, a way of meditating on the Leela. So it's a rag, indirect orientation to the rag marg, so to speak. We can't enter the rag marg with our shoes on. Hmm? They have to be left at the door. Hmm? So these Leelas sort of help us like that. Hmm? that he, this is an example of what I'm talking about. Certain Leelas shouldn't be read. Hmm? There's some truth to that but then it becomes abused. And they think, you shouldn't read the 10th canto. Why is he commenting on the 10th canto? Hmm? Prabhupada said we shouldn't read it. We read the first nine cantos. Because he doesn't realize I already read the first nine cantos 30 times. Hmm? Some people, everybody, all the flowers don't blossom in the garden at the same time. Hmm? Uh, so, uh, somebody ought to be able to read from the 10th canto. In fact, that's the real principle behind the idea of sadhana, when the five potent types of sadhana are singled out among 64 by Rupa Goswami and Bhaktivedanta Sindhu, he says, sadhu sangha nam kirtan bhagavat shravan. So, sadhu sangha nam kirtan, hearing the Bhagavatam, these are three of the five, he says. And hearing Bhagavatam means hearing the tenth canto. Hmm? This is what it's all about here. Hmm? And, as I say, we should be able to speak from Bhagavatam, 10th canto, the poetry of Bhagavatam, draw out the math, as we were doing here, what, what's important for us as sadhakas to learn. 
We're learning about the beautiful idea of Vrindavan, getting some glimpse into Sakyarasa. Uh, that beautiful uh, wave of spiritual emotion in Vrindavan, one of the five, one of the four, I should say. Hmm? Shantaras is not uh, prominent there, not highlighted. Dasya Sakya Vatsalya Madhurya. Sakyaras. Some glimpse into that. The Udipanas are mentioned. Anubhavas are mentioned here. The Stayibhava Sakyaras is, is the emphasis. We find different types of Sakyaras being alluded to here. From Priyanarma Saka to, um, to Surid Saka to uh, Priya Saka to Asaka, and the four types are all described here. The different. Uh, uh, symptoms of the different ages, the activities of different ages. So all this is rich with this. For a Sakyarasa Bhakti who has a sympathetic heart for this, this is, this is the center of the Bhagavatam here. Hmm? Hmm? Uh, and so beautifully done all over one, one chapter from this, then you can draw so many things and write a book. So this, we get a glimpse into this. And then, after 20 verses of that beauty and charm, then these these are Udipanas, Udipana Vibhav, Subal, Sridam, Stoka Krishna, the friends of Krishna, intimate friends, these are Udipana Vibhavs also. They are mentioned here by name hmm? in a prominent way. And they ask out of Prem to taste the fruits of the Tal forest, which and they encourage Ram 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 Mahabhaho. Ram, you're a big guy. Krishna just said it about you. Hmm? He was glorifying you. But we haven't seen it. Hmm? And, and Krishna is Ram Tanuja. It means the younger, younger who was born after from the uh, same body. That's it. Ram Tanuja. So he's the younger's, younger brother. And he's killed Bhutana, hmm? Trinavarta, hmm? Shakatasura, Aghasura, the big serpent. All these demons were slain by him. Hmm? And you're the older brother. What have you done? Krishna's praised you, glorified you, said so many big things about you. Can we see that? Ram, Ram, Mahabahu. Ram, you have big arms. Can you use them for anything useful? There's a demon over here. So they're bringing out his uh, his ego and his hero and and, and serving as. Uh, uh, incentive for this uh, uh, for this um, Virarasa Virarasa will come, Sakyarasa will proceed to the background, remain there and then the heroic Rasa will come, he will taste that marches ahead of everybody and the story goes on into the Tal forest there and he slays the Denukasura hmm? brings an end to the, the slays this this burden of the, the, this uh, this Beast is a beast, really. The beast of burden, of it, it's it's niyamagraha is another way of talking about it. Following the rules without knowing the meaning behind them, and rules are meant to be broken. Hmm? They are not meant. They are meant to be broken. That's the idea. Their rules are meant to organize us in such a way that we can break out beyond them in a positive sense. Hmm? Not that we always stay within a rule reigned uh, life. Mm-hmm. That's to harness us, to bring us away from the wild, so to speak. Mm-hmm. 
uh, to tame us. And from, tame, from, from being tamed, then we have to become wild again. <laughs> in a positive sense. Love is not a tame thing. Hmm? No. So these rules, they're meant to, be, to go beyond. There, there's a purpose to them. It's meant to be fulfilled. Hmm? Who knows the purpose can say, we don't need that rule now. We, we'll take the principle that the rule seeks to, to, to illustrate and to, to bring into our lives, and we'll put it in place in this way. And you go, wait a minute, that looks like you broke the rules here. Hmm? No, <laughs> this is required. This is, this is why Pujapapra Chudamarsh used to say, I like myself to think of myself more as a form breaker than a form maker. Hmm? Krishna consciousness is for, for breaking, the, breaking the form, so to speak. Hmm? There's some place for the form, hmm? but it can get in the way of the substance. You can form an institution to facilitate God consciousness and end up living for institution consciousness, all in the name of God consciousness. Hmm? The guru, again, as I said, is the, most, the, the primary instrument of the Godhead to deliver us from material existence and can be, become the, the most powerful force for keeping us in conditioned life, material conditioned life, if abused, misunderstood. Hmm? misrepresented, mis- misunderstand the teaching. So they have to be sadhus. And they, ha- and they don't just say what everyone else said. They say it different. Hmm? You go into a different time, in a different circumstance, a different place, to put us on alert, so to speak. They, 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 put, they, they, they come to create a, uh, a disturbance, so to speak. This is, this is the, sadhu means what? To cut. So, not to pacify, but to cut and uh, cut to the chase and get to the point and show us our attachments and so forth. It's painful, but we know it's good for us. If we, if we are sincere, we can appreciate. That sounds like, oh goodness, I have to do that. I have to go there. But I can feel it will be good for me if I do. I can understand that. Hmm? So this, this is the idea of preaching. Sometimes I would preach when I was young uh, from Bhagavatam and, and there would be some disturbance. And Prabhupada was asked about it. Prabhupada said, because he's really preaching that people are disturbed. Hmm? People are are complaining. Hmm? He's unsettling them. That's good. This should be done. <laughs> we can settle in to our, we think what we think are the teachings and we've understood them. Hmm? But a, a seer can see that, no, your heart is actually becoming harder, not softer. Hmm? So this is Denuka, Denukasura. This is a great beast of burden. The Barabhaki, we have to move from that to Saragrahi. And for this, we need Bhagavatam, book, and Bhagavatam um, person. So here we find Bhagavatam person, Sridham, Subhal. <laughs> They're leading the way. These people, they're as powerful as Krishna and Balaram themselves. They're leading the way, leading the Leela. They are the Surup Shakti of Krishna, governing the Leela. So taking it in a particular direction. And this particular Leela is so, so useful for us. See how these things are combined. A beautiful invitation into the Leela and then a notice. Just leave your shoes at the door. Get rid of this burden, this beast of burden. Be an essence seeker, and you can come within. This is the idea of this um, beautiful lila, killing of Denukasura.
श्री बलराम जी की जाय श्री कृष्ण जन्माष्टमी महोत्सव की जाय गोल प्रेमानंद एनी क्वेश्चन यस I was under the impression that we were all expansions of the certain potencies remarked in Radharani. And yet, you, you said that, that we were all expansions from, or miniature expansions from Balaram. Mm-hmm. Well, Radharani is the, is the primal Shakti, in a sense. Krishna is the primal Shakti man. So in a broad sense, then all Shakti have their origins in Radha. Hmm. That's true. We are also Vibhinamsa, Amsa and Vibhinamsa. So the Vishnu avatars are called Amsas. We're called Vibhinamsa. Hmm. So when we look at it from that perspective, then we are coming from, we're the Tatasta Shakti. Where is the Tatasta Shakti coming from? Sadasta Shakti is manifesting from the um, from Mahavishnu, Sankarshan. This is the um, expansion of Balaram. So if we look at it from that side, we can say our origin is the Mahavishnu or Mahasankarshan, the, the source of the ego and so forth. So there's different ways in which we may look at it and come to different um, different uh, conclusions. They don't they aren't in contradiction to one another. I had one other thing. Actually, while you speak, so many, my mind jumps and gets excited. That's what happens to me when I speak. <laughs> yeah. So we're on the same page. You said that when these great souls, like the six Goswamis, and that part of the people, read, they they can empathize, empathize, for lack of better words, and have deep feelings, and then write these elaborations which is a gift to us to have some insight into the relationship feelings and sentiments and whatnot. But isn't it also that they not only had wonderful feelings, but they actually, by Krishna's grace or whatever, entered into these pastimes and then wrote that their... Uh, Commentaries? or these beautiful descriptions based on their actually living it by entering into that dimension. Yeah, but there's not really much difference between, well, that you're making a difference when there is no difference. They, they entered into it. How do they enter into it? They, by, by hearing the Bhagavatam, that's the principal sadhana. You can say they came from there to here and so forth, but they, Rupa Sanatana, for example, primarily the Goswamis, Vrindavan are the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that are singled out as being most important for us. Why? For two reasons. One, because of their actual um, internal position in the Leela. For example, Rupa Goswami, as in a handmaiden of Radha, uh, personifies the highest possible reach into transcendence. And secondly, because they exemplified a life of sadhana that other associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu didn't. Hmm? For our benefit, so they're very, they they have a very practical example for us. So they 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 studied the Bhagavatam, for example. Sanatana Goswami, he was a minister in the in the Muslim government, but he would take days off and surround himself with pundits to study Srimad Bhagavatam, hmm. write about Srimad Bhagavatam. 
And at a certain point, of course, he left all that, became a mendicant, joined Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So they read Bhagavatam, they studied Bhagavatam, they wrote commentaries on Bhagavatam, and in the context of that, they would be transported into the into the into the leelas. And you're saying that they, weren't they transported into the leelas and came back out and wrote them? So they, they went in, they wrote them, they came out, and they went back. And yes, they went in. Bhagavatam is a means to enter in. You, you know, you, you, they, 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 the means is hearing and chanting. So by hearing and chanting, they entered into smarnam, deep internal meditation and experience, and they came back out and wrote about it. Hmm? But because they had a pure heart and then more, a sympathetic heart. Pure heart is one thing. Hmm? To have a sympathetic heart for us, that's another thing. So we are purifying our heart in the context of developing a sympathetic heart for the Leela. Hmm? So what else? Another question? Yes. What are demons? Demons are, um, one way to think about that is that uh, inside all of us, there's a devotee and a demon. So sometimes we have tendencies to that uh, take us in a direction that's not in our interest, that if we follow them, will not be good for us. So those have to be overcome. Hmm? Those are the demons. In the poetry of the Bhagavatam, describing the leelas of Krishna, then sometimes those uh, tendencies within us that need to be removed are personified hmm, as a, you know, a beast of some kind, and it tries to enter into the leela of Krishna, the play of Krishna, and causes disturbance and so forth. And then Krishna deals with that, and and so forth. So. The lesson is that that there are there are demons within us, and we need to overcome them in our spiritual life. Um, and this was one of them. In other words, the tendency within us to think we know more than we do, and and and, and to not hear from saintly persons. We think I'll just read the book myself. Why should I hear from anybody else? And I might not have really capacity to understand it very well. I might misunderstand. I might identify with a misunderstanding rather than the actual thing. And just like I was saying, in fundamentalist religion, we find people that... I mean, religion isn't about fighting with people, right? I mean, Jesus didn't teach about fighting people, right? Um, Mostly, religion is about loving people. So there may be instances for defending love or something like that, and, and we find that sometimes, but... People use religion as an excuse to go to war, right? So, you know, what does war have to do with love? If there should be a war, it should be a war on our ego, hmm? which makes us think we're more important than somebody else and want to fight with them or whatever, based on, you know, I'm white, you're black, so I should fight with you. We find racism in the name of religion, right? So racism is a demon. Hmm? If we were to personify racism, you know, I don't know how he would look, but he looked pretty bad, <laughs> you know. So uh, that's the idea. You follow? Okay. Yes. Um, Indraluja, she's asking. He. Oh, he's asking. Uh, what about books like Brihad Bhagavatam that appear to be an extension from Dream Bhagavatam? Are these open to all of us? Krishna Bhagavatam. Or Krishna Bhavanamrita, 
um, Krishna Bhavanamritam is a book that, as I said, uh, I think I mentioned it describes the Leela in some detail. Um, it's not useful for everyone. Hmm? It views the Leela from the perspective of Madhurasa, and um, it um, is is meant more for an advanced devotee who is pursuing that in an appropriate in ways appropriate for him or her, such that the book will be helpful. Hmm? And that requires a certain level of, of, of progress. Before having attained that, then we'll collect some information there and get tired of it. <laughs> because the heart hasn't even been, been, been cleansed, so it may in, interest us intellectually and so forth, and we may gather information, and we'll have more information about Alila than others, and we'll think we know more than others and so forth. But if, the, but if we are not... Um, there are other practices that are more suitable for cleansing the heart, like Nam Kirtan, for example, or stretching your mind in your, your intelligence, how to explain these basic ideas to, to people who aren't acquainted with it. That requires a lot of absorption. Hmm? That kind of thing would be very good for you. You can try it, you know, because you get a little interested in this, and then the next thing you know, you're, you know, you're, you've got a roommate who doesn't know anything about it. It's interesting, started asking you questions, and previously you were only asking questions, and <laughs> now you've got to answer questions, and so then you think, well, what, yeah, what is this about? What, what is the answer to that? And so it's very absorbing this kind of thing. So Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsutthapa would emphasize that for 